Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Today, we have Kate Hancock with us here on the mic. I'm really excited to have her with us today because we're going to be talking about how she took $20 and scaled that to a $15 million company in under two years and then got shut down by Amazon. So she's rebuilding now and she's doing some amazing things. These are the stories I get excited to share because and to communicate with the, the entrepreneur because these sort of stories are the ones where Kate's proving that she is good at business. She wasn't just a one-hit wonder, right? So this is going to be really exciting. So Kate, say what's up to everybody and tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Kate Hancock. And what's, you know, something special about me that no one knows, I actually sleepwalk when I was a kid. I was 10 years old and I would walk at 2 a.m. around my neighborhood and all the dogs would just follow me around. So oh, something geez. that I would never share. Like, yeah, it reminds you of, uh, what's that show? Insidious? Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that was crazy. And that's actually the reason why I took psychology. I thought, I thought that was, there was something wrong in my head. Yeah, and, and I think just it's, it's not even really a condition, is it? No, it's something that you just outgrow. That's so and it, it, But it was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I thought there was something wrong with me. So, and so you haven't done it when you're an adult, right? You're saying? Not really, thank God. <laughs> I'm just curious because I'm like, do you ever wake up? I mean, your husband's like, why are you standing over the bed looking at me? <laughs> once in a while, I think when I'm stressed, once in a while, I think he saw me twice. Like, you know, like he's not sure if I'm awake or not, but yeah, it doesn't happen as often. See, and I think everybody kind of has an incoherent state when they wake up in the middle of the night. So, I mean, you could be not sleepwalking, but half asleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, for sure. I've done that many times. Really? Very many times. I, my wife's like, you got up like three times last night. And I'm like, I did? Don't even remember that. <laughs> if I think hard, I'm like, okay, I kind of remember doing that, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. Well, yeah. regardless, let's hop into business now. People are like, gosh, move on guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you this. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes. Now, let's get to the nitty gritty about how you were able to scale to the $15 million point and what you're doing today to rebuild and to scale quickly again. All right. So, oh my God, that was crazy when I started my business selling stuff online, right? I was doing it in my garage and I was so cheap. I think the problem is I wanted to control everything. That was one of my mistakes. I only hired one person and I utilized a virtual assistant. They were doing all my listing. And as you scale, you really need a lot of people. Like, right. you, different mindset. You need the team to work behind you. So the business outgrow me. And that was one mistake I learned. Right. So that was gone. So I pivoted to a day spa, luxury day spa. We were successful. We made it to the Inc. 5000 list. And I didn't really know how to run a day spa. Like I just figured it out. And I was able to scale into opening a hotel in the Philippines. And I actually built it remotely. Wow. I bought a land. I started with Airbnb. It was one tiki hot with a swimming pool. And I've noticed I have to decline clients. Like I have an opportunity here. Right. Right. 
And so that's when that one tiki hat room became a four room and eventually I scaled into a second location in the mountain and it's now a two resort hotel. And it's not until the second year where I was able to visit the place, but I, I actually went for a wedding. I mean, I, me and my husband decided to get married at a place, right? And, and I told my guests, like, guys, you know, I felt this remotely. I have not seen the place, but they've been operating for two years. <laughs> and it's like, it turned out to be beautiful. And I draw the, uh, drew the, uh, the design in a tissue paper or like a bathroom tissue somewhere. Yeah. Jeez, see, that's crazy. I mean, being able to build a business, especially a brick and mortar business like that without ever going there. So, and, and was this somewhere near where you lived or was this like a whole other country that you were building this in? Yeah, th this is in the Philippines. I grew up in that island, so I have some friends and family, but I, I utilized pretty much my virtual assistant that worked for me while I was doing Amazon. So when that shut down, I transferred them into running the hospitality industry. Wow. See, that's really cool. And, and one of the things that I've realized even for my business recently too, and I have to kind of point back to what you were saying there, it's really interesting. You know, you, you think you can do it with just one or two virtual assistants, but what we've even found is you want to find people who are hyper-specialized in each little activity. And this can be as simple as this person's really good at Facebook posts this mm -hmm. person's really good at Instagram posts, right? Where some people would hire somebody to do all of that. Mm -hmm. We found that if you break it up into different people, I mean, we've been seeing a huge result from that by just outsourcing little bits to different people mm -hmm. and seeing a way better result because they're specialized in it. It's what they do all day, every day, and they're great at it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and so for, for sure. you, you know, as you've grown these companies, you said you've run most of them virtually. What... Um, what's kind of been what you've been using specifically to, to scale to that point? You know, a lot of people who listen to this are saying, okay, what was your lead strategy? I mean, in the travel industry, that's honestly one of the hardest things, right? Is generating those leads because it's those things that's just kind of when people are looking for it, they're looking for it. <laughs> okay. So Josh, I have to say when I was running my VA, handling it online. I was utilizing Facebook Messenger to, to communicate my staff. I was just utilizing groups. And so I trained them that way. I, I would create video, this is how you guys do it. And um, how did I scale is I use EUS, Entrepreneur's Operating System, and there's this app called 90.io you can use. And you can have all your team put together what's their process and procedures. So you know, if someone gets sick, then everyone just log in and you're, you're covered, right? Yeah. And how did we create a great lead magnet? You know, the funny thing is we just utilize videos a lot. And I remember one of our video, we got 4 million views with spending $20. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so that's when I like, you know what, this is a gold mine. Creating a brand in Asia is is a gold mine because it's so cheap to acquire customer right. and your videos is just gets viral for no cost. Like you can never get that here in the U S right. Like, yep. <laughs> yes. yes. So I think that was, that really was fa fascinating to me. And you know, my overall net margin is about 30, you know, 30%. That's a really good business. Yeah. And we not even, 
being there, like I could just imagine me being there. It's probably a good thing I'm not there. <laughs> but I, it's, your mind. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really important to build a, a a really good culture and vision to your company. And so I have I have my team. We call ourselves a tribe. I think it's very important that you treat them really good, and that 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 is a very important key. Yeah. Well, so let's let's break down a couple of pieces there because I'm. Um, you're you're spitting out some really good pieces of fire and I'm like, well, okay, I want to expand on that. I want to expand on that. So, you know, you had a video that hits um, 4 million views with $20. Now give us a little bit of background, like what the video was, what was included in it and, and who you were advertising to. Obviously you said it was an Asian market. So let's delve into that as well. Okay. So what, what we did is we promote that Island, this specific Island, we showcase what's really what other things that you can do there we tag the biggest magazine travel magazine in there and everyone was just sharing it like 200,000 people were sharing it i think that was the key i think the key josh for you to get viral in your videos it needs to be really good and your storytelling has to be really strong i think that's the only way i could get a lot of clients storytelling is the magic in in running videos or a business in general. Yeah. Well, and so your video, you know, was it a video of your resort or was it a story of like a customer? What, what did you guys do? On it was that? as, and some of our friends are, are doing testimonial. We showcase the whole Island what's in there and we did a room tour and they talk about their experience and some festival going on. So it, it was a solid video. And I actually hired one of my guests. It's funny. Like, when I was just starting up, I look up YouTube and I'm like, oh my God, someone actually created a video for my place, right? So I messaged that guy, hey, I really like your video. Can I hire you for a trade? And he did <laughs> create a video. <laughs> like, like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, I think seeing that, you know, that angle, uh, that actually kind of motivates me. Like, you know what? I think I have something special here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's really interesting because a lot of people, so we have a company in the travel industry. Most people listen to the show know that um, it's called Seek Spot, right? And we work with a lot of activity providers and short-term rental people. And so a lot of them will create these videos and, uh, you know, it's cool and it's a good branding thing, but they don't ever actually get good traction on it. And so that's why I was really intrigued when you said, wow, 4 million views on this. So my guess is that you promoted it out um, with a call to action as well to invite people to come to the to the resort yeah 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 i'll be happy to share you and it didn't even have a good copy to be honest now that i know how <laughs> what a good copywriting i think um i think asian market in general is just so different like they're not as bombarded with ads compared in the u.s market so when they see something they like they just they just share yeah they just share it and yeah. this was facebook ads i assume yeah Yes, Facebook, yes. Yes, and that's really interesting. I mean, and if you break down campaigns like this and you look at that, I, I mean, I was listening to um, Neil Patel not too long ago, and he was talking about how the best way right now is to, or the best way to succeed in the online business world is to start promoting your business in other countries. You know, these these countries that are developed, they are hugely, highly populated with people who have money because they're very underserved. And so that's really intriguing to hear you say that because- you know, you hear it twice within a week and you're like, am I supposed to be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, <laughs> I think it's, it's really good to break into 
Asian market because it's so much cheaper to acquire a customer and it's just I feel like it's just easier to build a brand there yeah that's just how I feel and and for you have you been seeing that you have to promote in in their native language or do you do it in English I do it in English I do it in English and um, I, I've been utilizing um, influencer marketing as well. And that really helps, you know, uh, me getting a lot of traction. So that is really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's really interesting. You're intriguing me today. I could ask you questions about this all day, just you and me. But, you know, for our audience, a lot of them are saying, OK, well, how, how could I enter into these new markets? Because most people who listen to the show they have an online business, right? So you've, you've done the e-commerce route, you've done the, um, you know, the brick and mortar, I guess you could say, in a very non-brick and mortar way, which is probably why you succeeded. <laughs> um, but you know, you've been able to grow these companies so quickly and you're doing that through, through ads and what have you, but what, what would you consider like your secret sauce? Like what's the thing that's just making you win overall? I think I'm really good at finding opportunity. I, I like to find new deals. You know, I, um, I do test all of my business. I test it a little bit. And once I see traction, data is great out there. Like everything is presented with me. It looks really good. Then I, I'm not afraid to put my gas on a pedal. Like that's when I explore full potential, right? I'm always right. It's not like I don't know. Maybe my intuition is super strong, but <laughs> superhuman intuition. That's your yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, you really need to, you really need to have the right people in your team. You really need to, ha- you have to hire them really good, train them, make sure you have your, like I said, EUS is so important for you to scale and running a business remotely. You have to create strong culture vision you need to have a working capital i made a mistake in the beginning because i really started with twenty dollars right so now i have make sure that i have cash reserve for working capital and you need to have a good strategy and then your product needs to be strong and when i was building the resort remotely seven thousand miles away i just look at my consumers feedback like, okay, I think I have really something special here and learn from that reviews. And then I tweak yeah. here and there what needs to be done. Yeah, that is really cool. I, I mean, it's really interesting because I think as entrepreneurs, that's, that's the skill that we need to have is, is to know not just the good opportunities, but be really good at shutting off the bad opportunities or the okay opportunities. Because I, I know for myself, we've run into that problem many times. You know, I have major shiny object syndrome. So when any cool opportunity comes up, I'm like, oh, how can I fit that into my schedule? You know, <laughs> yeah. and it becomes this big, you know, overarching problem, I guess, in our business. But, but uh, you know, for you, as, as you've been growing this, you know, this team out for, you know, this current company, you know, how many people do you have to have employed in order to run a company like you're running? Right now I have 50 employees um, and they're, they're so affordable because they're in the Philippines, right? Right. <laughs> but I made sure I treat them really nice. I send them to trips to other countries. So they're really happy. I made sure, you know, Josh, I, it, it's so important. Like I said, right now, it's not just, it's not enough to be a good leader, but you really have to be a leader for good. So when we were shut down for the last five months, I provide them with food. I let their family stay in the hotel. Just seeing that even in this crisis, like their photos of their kids, that just makes me happy. Like 
you know, my purpose in life has, I, I don't go for that shiny object anymore. I just want to live in a happy, good balanced life. I've bulldozed myself running that Amazon business with not sleeping. I don't want to go back to that route. I want to be smarter with my time. I want to work above the business, not in the business. And that's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, and that's really cool. I mean, have you heard of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? No. The pyramid. You're like on the top of the pyramid right now <laughs> because it's like your, your core needs, right? So it's the, it's the ones like, Hey, I need food. I need sleep. I need shelter. You need love, those sort of things. But then the top of the pyramid is actually um, significance, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, what's really cool to see what you've done. And, and I think you're living that lifestyle in a really amazing way. I mean, you're, you're doing this interview from a hotel room in Singapore, right? Is that where you're at? No, I'm in Sedona. I'm in Sedona, Sedona in Arizona. Yeah. In Arizona. There you go. But to, uh, totally, you know, you can travel wherever you want. You're running a very successful company from, from wherever you want. And so I do want to ask you this, you know, we've, we've been going here for about 15 minutes, I think, but a lot of the people who are, are listening to the show are probably at this point wondering, you know, how do I start a company, especially in, in an industry like yours, where it's a very crowded industry, you know, that the travel space is very difficult to compete in. So how have you been maximizing um, on, you know, these, these influencers and on online uh, development for, for your company? I think you need to be very smart of which location you're going to be open. I, 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 for me personally, I look for an island where I don't have a bigger company competition. Yeah, you have yeah. to be very smart. Like if there's a big giant, like, why would you open there? You don't have enough funding to fight against the big giant, right? So I strategically built it into a, a enough a fame, a, you know, like not as crowded place, but it's a really good island where I don't have that max competition. So pretty much 70%, I own the market share in that island. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go for a place, make sure you do your research. You have to do your due diligence. Where are you opening? Yeah. And that's important. Yeah, the location seems to be everything with what you're talking about. And and then obviously your marketing ability, your storytelling and everything. And and you talked about using influencers for your campaigns. And this is one that I am really intrigued by. So our entire company is based around joint venture partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really believe in having to spend money on ads, especially as a preliminary strategy. It's more for like retargeting or what have you. But I mean, when it comes to creating joint ventures for your company or doing influencer campaigns, what have you found to be the most effective strategy for you, you know, choosing who to work with and everything? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the micro, the smaller one. They're the one that will share the most rather than the big ones. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the one that I've been working in the Philippines, they're like, again, they're so easy. It's an untapped market. I feel like it's so much easier. So I've been pretty much open as long as they have at least minimum 5,000 followers and 10% mm -hmm. of engagement. And some of the influencers that were just starting in the Philippines, now they're so big. And now all of a sudden, I'm just using all their face everywhere because <laughs> I got them in the beginning. They were just starting. So right. I get lucky. Yeah, that's really lucky. And you know, a lot of businesses out there, they don't know how to utilize influencer marketing. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the first one doing it right now. <laughs> and, and what's really interesting, I mean, you know, when, when you're doing these influencer campaigns, these joint venture deals, I personally am that same way. I like working with like those, we would call them, I guess, B-level influencers, uh -huh. right? 
they do have some sort of a following, but they're not, you know, past the the million follower mark because Mm -hmm. you run into that problem a lot is when people, you know, have like a million followers, they're drinking their own Kool-Aid, right? They think they're cooler than, than I'll get out and they want to charge you $10,000 for a post. And you're like, you have a 1% engagement rate, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or less than a 1% engagement rate. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I, I guess like a, a question I have for you is, is how have you found um, with these influencers that you can get the most out of these campaigns? I mean, are you coming at them with a, with a partner, like an affiliate deal, or do you just pay them to make a post or how do you do it? You know, I just give them two free nights stay. That's it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> two free nights stay. Someone that would ask for three nights, like, you know what, two, two free nights stay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you should be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good yeah. package. Yeah. And so you just have them basically document the journey and wow, see, and that's really interesting. I've, I've heard a lot of people do that in the travel space and they've been seeing some really great results. And what's really interesting, I think people should be paying attention to this part of the interview is that if you'll take what she just said right there and apply that to any other industry, you'll have no competition. There's <laughs> nobody doing that right now. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was listening to an interview with Rachel Hollis, if you're familiar with her book. I mean, she was yeah. like the number two book you know, in the world. And her, the way that she promoted her book, she didn't spend a single dollar on ads. What she did is she went out and did like 160 interviews a month for the year before it. And every person she talked to, every influencer that she knew, she would just give them a book. Say, give an honest or you know, an honest review, negative or positive, whatever you want to do. And you know, doing it that way, she sold, I can't remember, it was like 10, 15 million books or something, right? That's amazing. So, Leveraging yeah. your network. Right. Paying zero dollar. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of business. Yeah. And it was so funny though. Okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure you see this all the time too, but we work with a lot of people who sell information products. And like, well, I don't want to give it away. And you're like, why? Your cost is zero, you know, <laughs> give it away to a thousand people and then it'll grow. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. I I love that strategy that you're using there. So, you know, okay, we could go on for days. I still have like 10,000 questions I could ask you right now, but uh, I'm I'm really intrigued by your business model. I'm sure everybody is here as well. So I I do want to ask you, where can people connect with you and learn about what you're doing? I mean, you, you don't just do this resort. You're helping people with these pivots. So give us a little bit of background about how to connect with you and where to connect with you. Yeah. You can go to my website, uh, katehancock.com. I do mentorship uh, too. So um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on my Facebook page. So I'd be happy to help. You know, I, I believe like the more you help everyone, you get it back in return. That's how I see the world. I completely agree. And it's so funny because um, you know, you're one of those people who you could pretty easily say, you know, I don't accept a lot of interviews. You can talk to my virtual assistant, what have you. But you're saying, hey, reach out to me directly. That is cool. So make sure you take advantage of that, everybody. There's there's a great opportunity here. Kate knows what she's talking about. She could probably help you. I'm not even gonna say probably. She can help you <laughs> with uh, you know helping you to scale and to grow. I mean, she's done it multiple times now. So Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show today. But before we sign off, could you give us just one final parting piece of guidance? If you could say, hey, if there's one thing you could get out of this interview, what would it be? If you're starting a business, make sure you get financial fluency, make sure you get paid, you know, as a business owner, if you don't know how much you should get paid, look for what is the market value of your position. You have to make sure you know your bottom line, you know how much it costs to acquire a customer, know your KPI, you know, your, your financial is your 
like it's so important for you to know. I love that. And that's one that I think people feel like, you know, well, I won't pay myself until I'm, <laughs> until, you know, we're making money as a company, but I would agree with that a hundred percent. So it would make sure you're paying yourself, you know, your numbers, you know, that your company has financial fluency. I liked that word, um, but financial fluency. And so Kate, thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Josh. It's an honor to be here. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.